The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. You know what else matters, Sissy? Tell me. (laughs) Knowing your triggers. True. Right? So I thought I'd tell a couple of stories about a couple of students that I've worked with in the past who engaged in vomiting behavior, everybody's favorite topic, and bodily fluid, right? And I was talking to my friend Cheryl about these situations because she was involved in both of them with me. We were laughing really hard because that is my trigger. I can handle poop. I can handle pee. I can handle spit. I can handle blood even. But vomit is really my trigger. So the first story is a kiddo. Um, he, I was in middle school and he had come to us in middle school, not really having had any demands placed on him in a really long time. And so in order to escape, he could just make himself vomit. And it was uncanny how frequently he could make himself vomit. And it was everywhere on the floor, on the desk, in the hallway, in the cafeteria, and anywhere, anytime a a demand was placed on him. And so we tried, you know, to follow him around with a trash can and he would just make himself vomit just on the other side of the trash can and laugh and laugh and laugh. And so, you know, that's one of those behaviors you can't, you have no control over it. You can't make it stop. Right. So I, you know, uh, the day that I was there that we were following him around with the trash can, I was just kind of gagging and putting my hand up my mouth and just telling my friend Cheryl, yeah, let's get him to the bathroom. And in the bathroom, it was like a shower space. It wasn't like a walk-in shower. It was just this big like room that had tiles on the floor and drain and shower. And so poor Cheryl, she's in there with the trash can and he's throwing up and she's putting the trash can under the throw up and I'm gagging outside the classroom. Like, yeah, Cheryl, let's just keep doing that. Keep doing that. And God love her. She had, you know, her shoes were covered in it and it was just a nightmare. But when he finally got it in the trash can, we immediately gave him a NASCAR magazine. And it was a good thing that his reinforcer was a NASCAR magazine and not edibles because that would have been really problematic. So as soon as it went in the trash, he got the NASCAR magazine, no demands. And he was like, looking at us. And I brought a chair in and he sat in the chair and he looked at it. And of course we set our timer and told him, okay, three minutes with NASCAR, you know, and then um, the NASCAR was finished and he, he relinquished it. And we told him to stand up, I think stand up, maybe touch the wall and come sit down. And then he got the NASCAR magazine. And eventually, with a lot of time and patience and a really good teacher, he eventually stopped throwing up and actually did work for the NASCAR magazine. But I tell that story because, you know, I think about this kid and another kid and how I just, you know, we've talked about other triggers, you know, like in Nathan's case where the speech pathologist said, you guys, I, I, I can't ignore spitting. I'm sorry. That's just, I'm a germaphobe. And you know, you really want to know that about your team, but also about yourself. Absolutely. So that when, yeah. So when you're in that situation, you're not like running out of the room because it's happening. <laughs> Do you have a trigger? Well, yeah. I, throwing up is definitely a tough one for me. I will force myself through it, but I may throw up also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, 
snot. Snot, uh, greeny, yucky. Yeah, that gets me. Uh, but again, it's those. It will make me gag. It will me <laughs> but too. I will deal with it because what are you going to do? But it, it definitely is one of those that if I have the ability to tag and let someone else step in, that it doesn't bother. I yeah. would. But yeah. I think with it, that story is very interesting to me because I think about. Some people might say holding the demand of work before NASCAR would be, well, you know, then they would just continue to be thrown up on, you know, there would just be vomit everywhere because this kid would be like, uh, sure, whatever, but bringing it under some level of control and just rewarding him for the right place. Know, yeah, you you can still throw up, uh, but here's where it's going to go, and helping him shaping that behavior, and then moving to the next shaping of the behavior of do anything for him. Yeah, just touch the wall, and you can have a NASCAR, and then he ended up, you know, eventually doing work. But again, it took a lot of time and patience, and really good teaching. There's another story about the same bodily fluid in the same district, actually, and we had a kid who would vomit, and he would play in it. Uh, yeah that would be a trigger yeah (laughs) definitely a trigger and god love him we the district had hired a bcba who came from a clinical background his name was joe and we he was kind of baptism by fire you know we had him like his first day was in this classroom and it was one of those classrooms where this kid was hitting and kicking and spitting and pinching and biting this kid's literally flying off the file cabinet acting like a superhero this kid's playing in his own vomit this kid's humping the floor like it was chaotic and it had nothing to do with the teacher it was just a chaotic class like the kids she just the mix of the kids and so we were there to see the young man who was vomiting and playing in his vomit and joe the bcba you know came over and gave a very simple demand and all of a sudden the kid just projectile vomited over joe's head like literally just lifted his head and not to gross our listeners out but it was basically undigested peas and Joe looked at us and walked over and he goes, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> we were like, it's okay. It was so funny. I remember he, you know, I, I knew him prior to coming to the school district and he had worked in a clinical setting and it was a lot of one-on-one. And when, you know, we said this whole, we've got this whole class. He was like, he walked over and he goes, you know where I came from, right? I came from a clinical, and I just said, welcome to public schools, you know, because it's not all one-on-one, but you know, he, really thought that it was the demand that was the function of the behavior because it occurred when he gave a demand. But what we've realized after a lot of data analysis is that it really was automatic reinforcement. Um, He just liked the sensation of playing in his vomit. Mm -hmm. And so I remember my friend, Cheryl, she searched (laughs) and searched for sensory replacements, like different textures, different you know, the, that goop and gack and all that stuff. And really nothing was as powerful. So finally, we, the teacher just realized that he always vomited two hours after he ate. And so he would get breakfast at home and then he would not eat until about one o'clock. We tried to push it back as far as we could. Obviously, we're not going to deny food, but it's okay yeah. to delay food. And um, he came to school late. And so his mom fed him at home and then he'd get to school and he'd work, you know, do what he needed to do till about 1230 or one. And then by the time it was three o'clock and time to go home, if he threw up, you know, it wasn't like the whole day of throwing up. It was just that one time. 
which was a little bit more tolerable than, you know, every couple of hours. So, you know, that was kind of interesting with him that it was really about the time of day, but that it was automatic and that he got some kind of reinforcement from playing in his vomit. So Um, I worked with a student who uh, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's similar. Um, It's ruminating where kids will, or people will pull food back up from their stomach and chew it. Such a dangerous behavior too. Yeah. You can really burn out your esophagus. Yeah, it's just um, like just like uh, the throwing up every couple of times a day. He's going to ruin his teeth, ruin his throat, all yeah. of that. And the way that with this young man, this is a gen ed kid. He was you know a kiddo with autism sitting in a gen ed classroom, and the teacher was realizing that, you know, she saw that and was like, what is he chewing on? You know, I know they were allowed to have snacks, but he hadn't gone and gotten snacks. She wasn't. Mm. And then she realized that his breath was smelling pretty Mm. bad. And that's how they put it together that he was doing that. Um, You know, the function probably was just a little bit of the anxiety, you know, relief from the anxiety of being in gen ed because there are a lot of demands for a person on the spectrum uh, in gen ed. And so, you know, you work on things that help with that. But the other thing that they did was created, got a big water bottle and marked it with times and reinforced him for sipping on the water bottle and, you know, getting to the levels at the right times. And so, you know, in that way, swallowing instead of pulling the food back up. And, And that did work. And, you know, in helping him come up with other strategies about you know, feeling a little bit anxious about being in gen ed, but it's that there was some automatic reinforcement there in the relief of his, you know, anxiety or whatever. And that's that's a really good idea to do the water, you know, every so often for a small amount. Yeah. I had a little boy um, in one of my districts who had that behavior. It was really bad. I mean, it went on forever and ever and ever. And we tried to talk to the doctor, really couldn't get anywhere. Um, It was really sad you know, over time to see the decay in his teeth and things like that. I I haven't caught up with him where he is or what he's doing. But anyway, so to our listeners, it's a short and sweet story, but um, it is a good story about knowing your trigger and (laughs) knowing the trigger of the people around you and your team members. And also um, maybe you get an idea if you've got a kid who engages in vomiting behavior. Yeah, or or any behavior that you you feel like, is a mess that you want to come at it another way. We do have a question that's not necessarily about triggers, but yeah, it does does cover um, concepts and involve uh, throwing up. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. So who reads it? I'll read it. Okay. Sarah is in math class. She has a history of not liking math class. She tells the teacher, if I have to do math worksheets, I will throw up. The teacher finishes the demonstration of solving problems similar to the independent work and hands out the worksheets to the students for them to practice. Sarah gets her paper and throws up all over her desk and the paper, all of that. Sarah is sent to the nurse and a custodian is called to help clean up the desk and the surrounding area. In this situation, Sarah throwing up is A, rule governed, Mm -hmm. B, respondent behavior, 
C, escape-driven behavior, or D, an example of an establishing operation? That's a good question. Um, I think it's a really good question because I think, you know, again, the key is Sarah's throwing up is. Sarah throwing up is. And, you know, I could see where a lot of people would say, see, it's an escape-driven behavior because she was sent to the nurse. And I can see where people would say, B, it's a respondent behavior because she we, we, I mean, responding. Yeah, it's just, a, it's not anything she had to learn. Throwing up is usually just a response to things, right? Right, right, right. And she, it occurred in response to being given tasks. So that, you know, that seems like it could be a logical answer. I don't, I think we can rule out an example of an establishing operation. Because what behavior was increased, you know, what, the well, I mean, throwing up, but throwing up is behavior we're looking at. It didn't impact anything to increase Sarah. In fact, it decreased Sarah's working behavior. Um, Right. And even, you know, I can see where people might even say rule governed because she told the teacher. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to throw up. But is that the rule? Right. (laughs) I mean, is that, is that. So you could argue every single one of them, couldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I think you could, except maybe I'd have a harder time arguing D. Yeah. So I would say that she, throwing up is an escape-driven behavior because the result was she got escape when she threw up. But let's talk about the others first. Sure, sure. Um, I can, you know, we talk about rule governed, meaning, you know, you're learning it from language or observation. You know, mom says, if you don't clean up your room, I'm going to spank you. And you clean up your room because, you know, mom's going to spank you if you don't clean up your room. Not not that we condone that as a parent (laughs) behavior management system. (laughs) Yes. BCBA is not going to throw that one out there, but parents might say that. Our parents might say, clean up your room or um, I'm going to take your phone away. Take your phone. Yeah. 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 So um, in that situation, or if you watch, you know, you watch your friend have their phone taken away because they were smart mouthing their parent, you're not going to smart mouth your parent because you don't want to lose your phone. So those exactly. are rule governed. You don't have to actually come in contact with yes. yourself. Yeah. You don't have to experience it yourself. You're learning it in another way. Right. Um, and I can see where someone taking the test might look at throwing up as respondent behavior, right? Sure. Because you just, you know, your body responds. You didn't have to learn that through contingencies <laughs> you know nobody has to say if you eat this bad chicken you're gonna <laughs> and, right. and give you bad chicken and, and, you, and you know yeah exactly but her response was throwing up so I could see how people would say yeah. that's a respondent behavior sure sure and in terms of you know I don't know if anybody would look like establishing operation and wonder if that was sort of an establishing operation because she's trying to get the teacher to not give her the paper. Right. That's, you know, that's eh, but kind of convoluted. I think that, you know, the key is really looking at the specificity in the question. Absolutely. The throw up vomiting behavior was not the result, not this, not that it's the behavior was, and the behavior was definitely an escape driven behavior. It worked too, didn't it? It did work. It did. 
I bet she didn't have to do that worksheet. I bet her mama came and got her because she threw it. <laughs> and she went home and had tomato soup and a grilled cheese and watched videos all day. That's it. <laughs> Seven up and wheel of fortune back in there the day. That's, that's my, that was my mom's treatment. Anyway, um, short this week, friends, but we hope you enjoyed it. As always, please like, subscribe, share, comment on social media and or Rate or review us on the podcast app that you're using. If that is problematic, if you cannot find that, you can always go to Buzzsprout and rate us on that. Yes, please. All right. Everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, we'll be back next week. And we really should have that principle that we've been promising you. Yes, (laughs) Stephanie Cox will be part one of it next week. Yeah. All right, guys. See you soon. Take care. Bye.